On today's show, we talk about resiliency and how the power and the strength of resiliency can get you through the most difficult struggles in your life. This is a key element in the making of a warrior. Stay tuned. Welcome to the Man of War podcast, where we forge men into warriors and get them battle ready for the game of life. Learn warrior hacks that strengthen your mindset, self-confidence, courage, and personal protection skills. Unlock a life that embodies a warrior spirit for dynamic success in life and in business. If you're joining us for the first time, you're tuning in to the one and only podcast that empowers you to achieve greatness by living the warrior lifestyle. Each show, we interview elite men from around the globe and delve deep into their mindset and daily rituals, uncovering their secrets to success. I'm Rafa Conde, founder and creator of the Man of War Movement. Join me on this life-altering journey where we recharge your mind, body, and spirit. Hey guys, a quick order of business here. Our new website is up and running, manofwar.live. Go ahead and stop by. Join the Brotherhood by subscribing to our newsletter. That way we can keep you posted with all our events. Thank you. On today's show, we have Mark Buklowski. He's a United States Air Force veteran. He's a professional martial arts teacher and host of a very successful podcast, Strength Through the Struggle. More importantly, he is a father, a warrior, and someone we could learn from. Listen to his struggles and how he lives a battle-ready life, a warrior life. Hello, Mark, and uh, welcome to the show. Well, thanks for having me on the show. It's an honor to be here. Hey, Mark, it's uh, great to have you. And uh, why don't we start off by you telling us a little bit about your background? Yeah, you bet. Um, I've, uh, I spent about, uh, after I kind of came to adulthood, I uh, spent about nine and a half years in the military. And um, while I was in the military, I had the opportunity to start studying martial arts while I was overseas. And so the Towards the end of my uh, stint, my second stint in the Air Force, I decided to become a martial arts professional. And so for the last 27 years or so, I've been a full-time martial arts professional running a kung fu school or a couple of them at times uh, here in the Nebraska, Omaha, Nebraska area. Mark, you're a guy that walks the warrior's path. And in your own words, I want to know what inspired you, what motivated you to start your own podcast, specifically on that topic, strength through struggle. Yeah, you bet. Um, you know, the motivation to do that podcast came from uh, an experience I had where my son was hurt in a hit and run car accident. Uh, it was a hit and run with two separate semi trucks, of all things. And, um, you know, while I was sitting in the hospital with my boy um, for four months, day and night, 24 hours a day, uh, I started to feel like I was alone and um, I had no idea how I was going to navigate this huge, huge uh, life-changing experience. And, um, you know, we're 12 years out from that. My son still suffers with uh, the injuries from that accident. But about a year ago, I decided you know, when I was going through that, I didn't know how I was going to make it, but, um, I came to understand that there were other people in, in this world who had gone through big challenges and all different kinds of challenges. 
And so I started collecting stories about people who went through struggles, um, sometimes of their own making and sometimes that kind of, uh, you know, challenge it wandered into their life. And we started recording these stories and putting them out. Um, and that was the motivation, just being alone in a room with my three and a half year old son who was in a coma. Um, I just thought I felt alone at that time and I wanted to give people a resource that when they were going through a challenge that they could find hope again. Resiliency comes from the core. You've used it. You basically live by it every single day of your life through your struggles, through this absolute change of life. Tell me about it. Yeah, you know, I'm, you know, it's like that worst nightmare, if, you know, in particular, if you have kids that, you know, some tragedy is going to befall them. And I remember before Josh actually got hurt, you know, I had those thoughts like, what if? What if my son, what if something happened? What if he drowned? What if, um, whatever, you know, he was in a car accident and, you know, I could never allow myself to think more than a few seconds about it. Cause it was that scary. And then poof, this thing shows up in your life and it really does change absolutely everything. And you got to find a way to get through it because, you know, that kid or your spouse, or, you know, maybe it's a parent. Um, that you may be the only person they have to depend on and you got to find a way to get the job done. And, um, yeah, it's, uh, it's tough when a big deal shows up in your life and most of us don't really feel prepared for it, you know, at least in my opinion, not these big things. So let's, uh, dig a little deeper here. When, uh, the incident happened with your son at that point in your life, um, I mean, what did you do to get through it? I mean, what was it that pushed you through it? Was it the will to, to live? Was it the will to fight the, your, your, your warrior spirit? I mean, what kind of pushed you through that time? Well, you know, um, yeah, I would have to say a, a good part of it was a warrior spirit. You know, like I knew that this was a big deal and I knew that my son needed me. And part of the, the deeper motivation for me was I didn't have anybody in my corner growing up, you know, like that, that guy, you know, the proverbial guy in your foxhole or somebody who had your back. I didn't have anybody like that. And I grew up with, grew up with this emptiness in me of feeling alone. Like there was nobody who was gonna, um, you know, be there for me to help me out. And I just didn't want my kid to ever have that feeling, you know, because I experienced it. That was the last thing in the world that I wanted my son to experience. And so I dug in real deep, um, both in, in raising him before the accident and after it, I just, I loved him. I mean, I loved him at the deepest part of my being. And, um, you know, as far as being a father to me, it's like a sacred responsibility. And so I had to find a way to get through this thing. I just had to. So you dug deep and your internal internal drive and your internal motivation just carried you through for what what time period were you kind of dragging for about how long? Well, you know, um, you know, I'll be honest with you. It, it's it comes and goes. It's up and down. There's times, you know, we're 12 years out from this is he, he suffered his traumatic brain injury when he was three and a half years old and he's going to be 16, uh, towards the end of this year. Um, 
So I would be lying if I told you there was like one spot, but the first time it really hit me, it was just a couple months into it. And I had been living at the hospital 24 hours a day. People were bringing me food and they'd come and get my clothes and go take them to the laundry and bring them back to me. I mean, I just refused to leave the hospital. I slept there. I showered there. And about two months in, it really had worn on me. And I, I could feel my energy like draining out of me. And I thought to myself, you can't let this happen, man. You got to be here. It doesn't matter um, how long this goes on. You have to be able to be here by his side and help him get through this. And I thought to myself, like, how the hell am I going to do, how am I going to do this? And a quote came back to me that I had heard a number of years earlier. And it was always remember in the dark, what you know to be true in the light. And for me, you know, it was true that my son was hurt. It was true that he had suffered a, a massive brain injury. It was true that he was in a coma. It was true that he couldn't move. He couldn't speak, you know, they would, uh, stick needles in him all day long for blood or giving him injections. He never flinched. He couldn't even feel anything. Um, you know, all those things were true, but to me, the truth was somehow, some way I was going to do whatever it took to help my boy get through this. And so it was true that he was hurt. But for me, the truth was I was going to maximize this thing to the most positive outcome that was possible. That didn't mean everything was going to be fixed or perfect, but I was going to, I was going to maximize what was possible here. And that was the thing that really kept driving me forward. Um, regardless of what the facts were, the truth was, I thought that there was a better future ahead than what we were confronted with on a day-to-day -day basis. Well, that is, uh, if I could define resiliency, that is uh, an easy way to define it, your story here. I'm going to take you back. We were discussing um, prior to recording here, we were discussing a little bit about your background and your martial arts background specifically. Um, I'm going to take you back a little bit to your childhood and maybe you can cover why you got into the martial arts and how you developed that warrior spirit that got you through this turbulent time in your life. You know, I was, um, I grew up in a home that there was a, 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 there was a great degree of violence in it. And I was the one who experienced the most of it out of my siblings and I. And I had this desire to not feel like I was in a constant state of uh, threat, you know, like I could constantly be hurt. And when I was about 11 years old, the show came on TV and it was called Kung Fu. And that was the old uh, Kwai Chang Kane grasshopper uh, character who was this kid who found his way to a, uh, the Shaolin Temple Monastery in China and um, found his way to become a disciple. And as I watched this movie, made for TV movie that launched the series, and I'm watching this guy on the screen who had power, he had the ability to control his destiny, um, he had strength, he had skills, and yet on the other hand, he 
He had peace. He had calmness about him. And he had compassion and kindness. And all of those qualities were things that I just didn't experience as a child. And I thought, I want that. I want that for myself. I want to be able to walk through life with confidence. I want to be able to protect myself. And I want to be able to protect others. Um, So while I was dirt poor at the time, our family was dirt poor. My parents weren't going to be invested in it, even if they had the money. Um, About 12, 15 years later, I finally had the opportunity to start training in the martial arts while I was overseas. But the funny thing is, is for about six years before I actually started, when I had the time, I had the money, I was in the service, but I was too scared to walk into that school and actually sign up. I had gone to maybe a half a dozen or eight schools over the years with the intention of joining, but I never did it um, because I was scared. I thought I was going to get my fanny handed to me. I thought everybody would know more than me and I would look stupid. And so, (laughs) yeah, (laughs) normal experience for a lot of people, I think. But finally, I'm standing in front of this door of this Kung Fu school in Korea, and I'm about to turn away, and it dawns on me that if if I turn and walk away from this door, I'm gonna be scared the rest of my life. And so the, the thought of being afraid the rest of my life caused me to not care about what was on the other side of the door, that what, no matter what was on the other side of the door, uh, even if I got my fanny handed to me, that would be better than walking through life scared all the time. So I opened the door and I walked in and you know, that was 1987 and now it's uh, 2017 and you know, it's been a, it's been a wonderful ride. Nothing like developing your body, mind and spirit. Nothing like it. So let me ask you a question here. What was the turning point in your life? The turning point in your life when you could maybe go back to and look at it and say, this point in my life, this is where everything turns around for me. And I'm talking about in a positive manner. I would would have to say it was standing in front of that door. That decision that I made to walk through that door of something that I deeply and passionately wanted to do. Like I knew I would love it. And yet there was all these fears in my head of, you know, what if you get hurt? What if um, you can't learn this? What if um, you end up looking stupid? There was all these fears, but when I, once I walked through that door, like everything started to change for me. And in part, it was because I was doing something that I loved and I knew I wanted to do. The other part was I was doing something that scared me. And the fact that I took on that challenge in spite of my fear, it kind of made me more confident. And that was a, a road that helped to build my confidence for the rest of my life. Do you consider yourself a warrior? Wow. Um, Humbly, yes, I would say so. You know, for part part of me, you know, a warrior's code is humility. Um, so I, you know, I hesitate to say that, but I, I try to live my life that way. So, how do you define a warrior? 
What is your true definition of what a warrior is? So I would define a warrior as somebody who does not shrink away from the challenges that they have in life or the evil that's in front of them, but that they press into it, that they move forward in spite of their fears. And sometimes in spite of the risk to themselves, um, and they have a willingness to sacrifice of themselves for a greater good or for a purpose that's bigger than only their self-gratification or self-glorification. Well stated, very well stated. So tell us here, what motivates you in life? What is that driving force in your life? My driving force in life is this idea that fear, no matter what kind it is, keeps me and everybody else away from things, usually good things. You know, uh, being fearful for uh, running through a, uh, a, a field where people are practicing firearms training, you know, that, that's a smart fear. But, you know, when I'm standing in front of a door to go in and start doing Kung Fu or something I love, and the, that fear is keeping me from it, um, that's a problem. So for me, my life uh, of the last couple of years and from here, as far as I can see forward, is going to be this constant um, challenge to myself to press into those things that I feel fear around in order for me to grow spiritually for the most part. You know, I mean, like my character, to grow my character and to grow my purpose, Um, because I think fear is the biggest Fear and anger are the two biggest um, dangers that we are actually confronted with in, a, you know, these first world countries that we live in. Sure, sure. Who was your mentor growing up? You know, this is kind of crazy, but um, I didn't really have a mentor. Um, but the closest thing I had to a mentor was that Kung Fu series and all the philosophical lessons that were gained from it. That, I mean, that thing really stuck with me um, in a powerful way. And so I guess I had a, a mentor by proxy. You know, it was that te- television screen and those lessons that stuck with me. Sure. I mean, that, that series, <laughs> I remember that series. Boy, uh, it was a very deep series, no doubt about it. And it was very popular back then. And uh, I think it actually touched a lot of people and it made a lot of people step into a coon or a dojo. And uh, I personally know friends that actually <laughs> did that. I mean, that series brought them into the dojo, into the coon to train. And to this day, they still walk the warrior's path and they train day in and, and day out, no doubt about it. So, Mark, what have been your biggest successes in life? You know, at the sake of sounding corny, I would say my son. Um, you know, I, there was a time when I had 800 students and, you know, you could argue, oh, well, that's a pretty successful martial arts school. And it is, um, you know, it made a lot of money. You could argue that that's tremendously successful. But, you know, for me, really, it's, it's my son and it's doing what I've done to overcome this challenge that we've been confronted with, to choose 
um, every day to bounce back from it and to try to help my son in any way possible to, so that his future, his future is never going to be perfect. You know, it's, he's 15 years old and he reads on a second grade level and does math on a second grade level. And, you know, he has challenges that are going to last him all the days he walks this earth. But my son's character is profound in a lot of ways. And he considers himself a warrior. You know, he, he considers himself a combination of, you know, James Bond and Aaron Rodgers. I mean, he just wants to, he, he, he literally, we were watching a James Bond movie and in spite of all his challenges, the movie ends and he says, dad, I could do that job when I'm older, you know, but that's that warrior spirit that I think we all have in us, but sometimes because of fear or whatever, we shy back away from it. And instead of embracing that, that warrior, that part of us that can go out there and fight diligently and uh, faithfully for something that we believe in, you know, a lot of times we shy away from it and we don't fully embrace it. And I think, you know, as men in particular, and I'm not saying everybody's got to go join the military or join law enforcement or even study martial arts, but I think everybody really, you owe it to yourself and you owe it to your family. You owe it to your kids. You owe it to your spouse to find that warrior spirit inside of you and start living it out. However, that looks to you, whether it's your faith walk or whatever, like you have a sacred responsibility, yes. my friend. Yes. It is sacred and you owe it to the world to show up as that guy, that warrior. Phenomenal. Very good. Now, all right, here we go. Was there a moment in your life that you either had to fight for your life or use some type of battle-ready awareness, in other words, your martial arts, to protect yourself or your family? Okay, so the last time that happened, it was about eight years ago. <clears throat> and uh, some guy was road raging on me. And I was pulling into a handicapped parking space with a handicap tag in my dashboard and my handicapped son next sitting next to me. And this guy just comes flying up his, and his car literally stops about six inches from my son's door. He comes out and he's like breathing fire. He's leaning towards my window and he's just huffing and puffing. He's got his chest out and his arms back. And I'm like, I put my finger up and I was like, just a minute. I had no idea what was going on. And I finished parking the car and he's still like breathing fire. And I unbuckle my seatbelt and I open the door and I can't remember him doing this, but I know it happened. He launched into my car and hit me in the chest. And the only reason I know he hit me that time was two days later, I kept rubbing my chest because I had a little soreness to it. And I go and I look in the mirror and there's knuckle marks in my chest. But at the same time, right after he hit me, he slammed the door on my leg and I literally had to get out of the car. I didn't know how, where, what direction this was going. I didn't know if he had a firearm. I had no idea what was going on. And this guy just starts swinging on me like crazy. And I'm, you know, I've been doing Kung Fu a lot of times. So I'm literally just kind of swatting these punches away. And eventually I'm, but here's the problem. I 
I'm sitting here having a dialogue in my head, like, why is he doing this? What is wrong? Why is he attacking me? Which are not questions you should have in that moment, but I did. And eventually I'm thinking, okay, I got to do something. Um, so I, I threw a little kick at his leg and then I threw a right hook and he dropped like a stone. Um, and then, and then he's on the ground and he's like, <laughs> I mean, he's clearly delirious at this point. And he's kind of fumbling around and I walk around the car to get my son who was screaming hysterically. And I'm, I point to the guy and I said, I'm not going to say exactly what I said, but it was stay on the ground. And I get my son and I come around a truck with him and I'm trying to get him into the house. And this guy's, and now it took a long time because at that point, Josh was very, very bad off. He couldn't walk very well. And it took a long time. But when, by the time I got around to the car, this guy um, is standing up and he's real wobbly and he sticks his finger out. And he says, that's right. You go with your kid. And I'm thinking, did you just insult me? Like I'm hiding behind my kid. And up to that point, I wasn't angry, but man, that, th that pissed me off. Like you're insulting me. I hit you once and you're down and now you <laughs> insult me. This is stupid. Yeah. So anyhow, um, I walked over, had a little exchange verbally with them, got my kid in the house and, uh, um, police end up showing up and I had no idea who saw what. So I was literally trying to get my son back in the car and get him out before the cops showed up because depending on who sees what, when it could have looked like I was the bad guy. And so, um, sure enough, the cops pull up as I'm getting my son in the car. I tell him the story. Luckily there were witnesses who saw the whole thing and, um, and it was over. What I came to find out is this guy was actually my neighbor. Um, at yeah, literally he was my neighbor at the apartment complex. We shared a wall. Our kitchen wall was a shared wall. It was crazy, but here's a funny story. Um, I don't know, a, a couple weeks later, Josh is talking about it with me and, um, he says, dad, why didn't you let me help you? Now he's nine years old. He's got brain damage. He can't hardly walk. Dad, why didn't you let me help you? Well, son, it was my job to take care of that. And I needed to make sure you were safe. He says, yeah, dad, but I could have came out and finished him off. <laughs> That's a warrior right yeah, there. Perfect, man. Perfect. <laughs> that is great. What did you learn from that situation? Don't hesitate. I don't need to have a discussion with myself. I know I would never throw a punch or throw a kick unless someone was trying to hurt me. And, and I was having this internal ethics dialogue, which is the dumbest thing you could do in a moment of truth like that. I should have just taken action and finished it right there. Yes, hesitation is a killer at times, absolutely. All right, Mark, we're getting a little bit low on time here. I'm gonna ask you a couple questions towards the last five minutes of our segment here. Give us a glimpse of your daily routine, things that for the most part warriors do, that you do to get you to that second level, that level of high performance. Okay, so every day, first thing I do in the mornings, I fuel my body with some water and I'll drink 24 to 32 ounces right away. And I've got this little routine. So I drink some water, then I do 10 minutes of just sitting meditation. I need to get my, because when I wake up, my mind is kind of racing already, like things I need to do and whatever. And so I have to reset my 
myself mentally and emotionally to a calm centered place. After that, I do 20 minutes of Qigong, which is, um, it's a type of meditation, uh, Chinese art of sometimes moving meditation. So, but it's a little more act, active, excuse me. Then I journal, I read my Bible and I do some prayer and that sets the tone for my day every single day. So you start off your day clean and clear and ready to go. Yeah, absolutely. Because if I don't, my whole day go, can go down the tubes because my mind will just start racing if I don't give it a reset first thing in the morning. So I wish more individuals would, would understand the importance of waking up, doing specific things that are going to prime you for the day ahead. And um, it just it, it makes a huge difference. Absolutely. All right, Mark, what advice would you give to our listeners that want to learn more about living the warrior lifestyle? Mm. Understand that you're a warrior, number one. Even if you're not showing up as one, you're a warrior. Even if you're showing up, but you don't think you're showing up very well, you're still a warrior. And even if you're showing up and you think you're performing at a high degree, there's still always room for improvement. But the first thing you've got to understand is you are a warrior. you got a job to do. Um, life's not easy. Life's challenging. There's adversity that comes at us. Some we're prepared for, some we're not. we got to figure it out. Um, so never shrink back. Understand you're a warrior and your progress is forward. Thank you, Mark. Man, it's been a great conversation with you. Very deep, very touching. Certainly, uh, you embody the uh, spirit of the warrior, no doubt about that. And uh, certainly, I want to wish you the best, and I would love to see you back on our show in the future. Thank you very much for being with us, Mark. Thank you, sir. Gentlemen, thank you for spending time with us today. I encourage you to subscribe to this podcast so you can continue receiving your weekly motivation and framework to living the warrior lifestyle. If you enjoy this podcast and you know other warrior-minded men that would benefit from listening, please share it with them. This is the way we're going to grow this brotherhood of select men. Last but not least, if you would like to take your warrior development to the next level, become a member of Warrior Breed where we offer a complete structured online training program at warriorbreed.co. And finally, don't forget to follow us on Facebook at Man of War Movement. Until next time, remember your journey may be challenging and full of dangers, but never retreat. Your next battle may be your greatest victory. Stay safe, gentlemen.